All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. What's up? All right. First off, sorry we've had to miss a few weeks here and there. Our schedules just haven't quite lined up, different things going on. We will try to be as consistent as possible through the summer, but bear with us if we miss a week or two. Um, we are trying to be more active responding to our comments and emails. We had fallen a bit behind, but a lot of you out there should have gotten some answers and responses here in the last week. Hopefully. Yeah. So we always encourage that. We try to be as quick as we can on it, but do be patient with us. Um, we will get to them. We promise. And that's where we start. This week is from one of those emails we got. All right. So he was asking about Romans chapter 8, specifically the first, what was it, about 11 verses or so? 16. First 16 verses. Okay. And he was wondering, as a person right now, is he more in the flesh or more in the spirit? Okay. So I I don't know. Where do you want to go with that one? Well, let's start with... Um, Verse 6, because okay. I think this is really where he's coming from, and then we'll talk a little bit. Read 6 through um, 9, maybe. Okay. So Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 6. To set the minds on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. All right. And verse 7 and 8 there, um, particularly, he he talked about, you know, the mind of the flesh and people that are in the flesh as people that cannot please God, people that are separated from God. Hmm. But then he says to the Roman Christians there in verse 8, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Hmm. Okay. So um, the the person who was inquiring seems to be asking about his spiritual state hmm. based on this passage. So if we kind of spread out a little bit and get its context. Okay. Um, if you go back to Romans 7, of course, he Paul is talking about in verses 14 through the end that about his own personal struggle with sin, Right. even as a Christian, you know, it's not the thing that I want to do that I end up doing, but I end up doing the very thing I hate, verse 15, and right. similar down through there. And then if you go to the last verse of chapter 7, Mm -hmm. Paul speaks of his own struggle as a Christian, but his victory in Christ. And what does he say? He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. All right. So there will always be a struggle between the mind and the flesh because a Christian who has been converted as of uh, chapter six Mm -hmm. has died to sin and has had a change of mind. Chapter 6, verse 11 says he considers himself to be dead to sin and alive unto God. <clears throat> he has presented himself as a slave to Christ. Mm -hmm. So there's really been a paradigm shift, but that doesn't mean his his own fleshly desires are gone Okay, and that he does not struggle with them. But as Paul enters chapter 8, he says, okay, even though we have these struggles, there's no condemnation mm. to them that are in the in Christ Jesus. 
For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Okay. So we live in a state of grace in Christ as long as we keep trying to do the will of God and maintain this mindset. Yeah. Now, so, so right off the bat, just because we become a Christian, just because we become baptized into Christ and have the spirit dwelling within us, it doesn't mean we somehow completely separate ourselves from flesh as we physically see it. Yeah, I think it's 723. Look at back at chapter 7, verse 23, where he talks mm-hmm. about the law of his mind and the law in his members. Yeah, I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind, making uh, me captive. All right, so see, that will continue uh, to be a struggle, even though the person is has been converted and is trying to walk with God. Mm-hmm. But in the, in the Romans passage, in, in verse 4, Mm-hmm. He says, you know, the righteous requirement of the law is fulfilled in us who do not walk right. according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Okay, so it's not that we separate ourselves from it, but now we're choosing to struggle against it, work against it, work in Christ. Yeah, his, the, the walking according to the spirit is the way we try to live. Okay. It's, the, it's the trajectory, it's the direction of our life that is pointed toward God, where we're really trying to do the will of God. Mm. And there's an obvious difference between somebody who's trying to do the will of God and somebody who's not trying to do the will of God. Yeah. But then Paul goes on to say that that depends, the walking depends on the mindset. Mm. Because really you have to supply some verbs in here, but I would translate verse five, those who are walking or living according to the flesh also have their mind set on the flesh. Mm. Those who are walking or living according to the Spirit have their mind set on the Spirit. Yeah. So the reason for the walking, mm-hmm. which is a lifestyle, yeah. is because of the mindset. Okay. So the mind of the flesh is the fleshly mind that doesn't care, that's just following the desires of the flesh. Yeah. The mind of the Spirit is the mind that is really trying to do the will of God. Okay. So it's a shift in focus of what we're hoping to accomplish. Not, yes. Not like a physical change within us. We're, it's not like a physical from a caterpillar to a butterfly sort of idea. Well, it's, it's, it's a spiritual I was gonna say, but, transformation of mind, but it certainly does reflect, this is where we're going in the video, it does reflect a change of life, but that life is not perfect. That life is not without struggle, but that life is way different. Yeah than the life when a person isn't trying. See, okay. that, that life certainly shows the direction toward God. So the struggle doesn't negate living in the Spirit. Right. Okay. Right. So, see, when you get down to um, the old translations are more literal, mind of the flesh, mind of the Spirit. That's, that's what it really says in the Greek. Mm-hmm. The mind of the flesh is the flesh-driven mind. Yeah. The the mind of the spirit is the Christian's mind that is more driven by the God's spirit. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what the ESV is trying to pull out. I mean, there in verse 6, to set the mind on flesh is death. To set the mind on spirit is life and peace. That's right. So yeah. so then it, when you get to verse 7, mm-hmm. uh, the mind of the flesh is enmity against God. Mm. It is not subject to God's law, nor can it be. See, the mind of the flesh takes a position where it is not trying to be in harmony with God at all. It's just doing its own thing. Yeah. 
people who are just doing their own thing are in the flesh. Their their mind is set on the flesh. Okay. Um, you have um, a really similar idea. We've talked about this passage many times, but real quickly, read Ephesians. We're going to come right back to Romans. Okay. But read Ephesians 4, 17 through 19. And notice how it describes the mind of the sinful Gentiles. Read that. Yeah. Ephesians four seventeen. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. All right, that's good enough. You notice there the futility of their minds, darkened in their understanding, alienated from the lifestyle of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Mm. See all those mind words in there? Yeah. And then he says, because of the hardness of their heart. Yeah. So all of those things point to the fleshly mindset, okay. which causes the anti-God lifestyle. Gotcha. So the Christian has changed his or her mind, or God has changed their mind, they really look at things differently, and they're really trying to live for God, even though their flesh keeps trying to pull them in another direction. Okay. But that's because of their mind. Gotcha. So I guess going back to his question, is he living in spirit or in flesh? And we would answer that based on how he's acting? Exactly. So let's, let's okay. continue. If you're in verse 7, he says... Uh, the mind of the flesh is enmity against God. It means it makes God your enemy. Yeah. It's not subject to God's law, neither indeed can it be. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But then he says, but you all, yeah, you have and it. you all are the, are the ones that are in Christ, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. You, he says, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed... The Spirit of God lives mm. in you. Yeah. But if any man does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, the body is dead because we're saying the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So, see, when he says if the Spirit of God lives in you, he's, you know, we talk in, in churches of Christ a lot about the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And we speak of it as a theory, you know, when does the Holy Spirit come to dwell in you? Well, it comes at baptism. You know, does he dwell literally or personally, or does he just dwell through the word? Or, you know, we have all these discussions. Yeah. But Paul's focus here is not that discussion. His focus in this passage is what evidence is there in your walking? Mm which would betray the real living of the Spirit in and through you, okay. see? So, um, of course, the Spirit of God lives in us in as much as we have really allowed Him to convict our minds and convert our minds and bring us to commitment in our minds. And we begin making those decisions with our minds, and yeah. those choices lead us to different things. So he says in verse 12, you are debtors, therefore, brethren, not to the flesh, to live or walk according to the flesh. Mm -hmm. For if we live according to the flesh, we must die. Yeah. See, 
But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you Mm -hmm. shall live. So it's through this Spirit-influenced mind Mm -hmm. that you, you put to death the deeds of the body by making choices that go against the flesh and go toward the Spirit. Doesn't mean you're perfect at it. Yeah. But you're really betraying outwardly in your deeds and speech and everything that you are making those kinds of choices and your life looks different than other people's life who don't have that mind or your life yeah. when you didn't have that mind. So so it's more it still goes back to the if you are making those choices, you have changed your mindset, you've changed your focus, your choices on a daily basis will look different. And some people would say, oh, that, but I see people. That is the spirit that, living in you. Yes. And some people would say, but I see bad people making good choices all the time. But there's an element of some people make good choices because they're still good for them. Exactly. But, but we will see like a lifestyle of a Christian is we're going to make the good choices, whether it's good for us or not. That's yes. the self-sacrificing nature of the spirit. Which yes. Is. In other words, it's not because I want other people to see me or because I feel good about myself or because of any of these other reasons. It's because I truly want to do the will of God. Mm. This is the difference. And it's, is there an element of giving him the glory in it as well? Sure, but in this passage. That's not here, but. Yeah, surely there is. But in this passage, his thing is, as the man asked, mm. how do I know Yeah, if I'm in the flesh or in the spirit? Right. And I know, and other people know, by the evidence of the Spirit in my daily life, which is is something you can see and hear, because if if you'll permit, and then you can ask. Okay. If you'll go to 814, he says, yeah. those that are led by the uh, Spirit are, are the sons of God. The Spirit mm-hmm. of God are led by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Verse 16 is the key verse to the man's question. Okay. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. All right, so Jed says, I am a child of God. So do the words of Jed and the actions of Jed on a daily basis at home, at work, etc. Mm. do those words give evidence that the Spirit is truly living in him? So Jed says, I'm a Christian. Can you see the evidence of the Spirit in his conduct in life. That's the point yeah. of Romans 8, 1 through 16. So that was kind of where my question was going to be, is if you are an individual that has the same question, is it a one or the other, or maybe a both and, probably, of whether you should be doing your own self-evaluation, or maybe you should pull those around you, do I match up? Both. Because uh, I think it would be an extremely healthy question to ask your spouse, Mm-hmm. or one of your children, yeah, the people that know you best. They see you in all the dark corners. Or somebody life. who works with you every day. <laughs> Ask that person and say, you know, what do you see? If you see evidence in my life that God is working, the Spirit is really living mm. in my life. And they can say, yes, I see this, I see this, I see this. Or they can say, no, you're the most bitter, hateful, um, lying, you know, whatever else person. And I don't see any evidence at all that the Spirit of God is living in you. So really the answer to the man's question would be both in his 
self-evaluation and other people just taking a look at him. Mm -hmm. And in, in his outward manifestation, the spirit is either affirming that he's a Christian or denying that okay. he's a Christian. So I think some of this may come to a lot of people reach this point and they're going, well, now I need to do some deep spiritual analysis or I need to have some great understanding of, you know, lots of other passages about the Holy Spirit. No. You know, has my life truly been transformed? Am I exhibiting, you know, it's in some cases people feel the desire to have some miracle or, you know. Yeah, this is not, this is none not of this happens in Romans 8. And, okay. But the, the closest passage to this would be Galatians 5, because in Galatians 5, 16, walk by the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh because mm. the Spirit desires that which is against the flesh and the flesh desires that which is against the Spirit. Mm. These two are contrary to one another so that you might not do the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. For the works of the flesh are evident, which are these. And then yeah, he says, the fruit of the Spirit yeah. is this. So uh, th that passage is very similar, saying that there's this war where one is contrary to the other. Mm. Does your life exude and exemplify every day those works of the flesh? Or can people look at you and see those fruits of the spirit. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's not as complicated as we want to make it sometimes. Yeah. And, and some people want a, a, like a, like you do a blood test and God sends you back, says, yes, you're in the spirit and not in the flesh. Yeah. But it's really all about your mind and the direction of your life and the outward conduct you display in this passage, Romans eight. Okay. So there's some other things we could probably bring into this, but trying to keep it as tight as we can there. Yeah, he asked okay. us about this passage, so there you go. All right. So I hope for our questioner that was helpful, and for those of you out there that are probably having very similar questions. I mean, how many people doubt their status with God, you know, so to say? And see, this is going to bring us to another question that's a little more in the theological study of the of the Holy Spirit, which we're going to do in our next video, Jed. I think so. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit's activity with Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Yeah. So we hope you'll join in. As always, you know, like the videos, share them with a friend, leave us comments. I think when so. he says like, he really doesn't mean that in your heart you like it or not. He means... You got to push that little button that says like. Isn't that what you're talking about? These are the actions that work against the flesh. Okay. No. <laughs> so this reflects your, your attitude when you push the button. Amen. Okay. I got you. Glad to have you all here with us. See you next time.